Welcome to Christian Renewal Church Sunday Sermon. Thanks for tuning into our series, Christocentric, based out of our study on the book of Philippians. For more information about this sermon and other resources, please visit ChristianRenewalHHI.org. The scripture that um, captures Jesus' heart, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all people to myself. Um, I have to admit, when I read that, I pictured him reeling in a fish for all these years. And so I thought, I'd be lifted up on the cross. I'd be lifted up from the earth in resurrection. I'll draw everybody to myself. I pictured Jesus just reeling us all in. And uh, I found out that the word uh, draw to doesn't mean to reel in a fish. It means to wrap up a baby and pull it close. There's a draw on every heart on the planet. And this is an hour of harvest like we have never seen before. There is a supernatural draw from the heart of the Lord on every life that you and I meet. And this is an hour for an unprecedented harvest. There are several things that uh, strike me in the book of Revelation. And uh, it's been a mysterious book for me for years. Actually, I'm being really honest. I grew up in a church that was fascinated with the return of Jesus and when we get out of here. And so um, the book of Revelation became where's Waldo to find the Antichrist. And so we, 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 we acted as if the book was actually the revelation of the Antichrist instead of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so, but several things that astound me in that book. One is... Two times John fell on his face like a dead man because of what he saw. It was an overwhelming revelation. The first thing he saw was when he saw Jesus as he is. When he saw Jesus as he really is, he couldn't stand any longer. And there's a revelation of who Jesus is coming to the church in this hour. And the second thing is, when he saw the church as the church is becoming, as a bride without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. He fell to the ground like a dead man. And I want to tell you, see, I grew up thinking that the church was just going to become more and more tattered and torn. And one day Jesus would just come and say, come on, honey, it's time we go home. And I don't believe that. I believe, you know, I've done weddings through the years, uh, lots of weddings through the years. And the ones I like are the ones where the bride kicks the back door open and screams, where's my man? (laughs) And drags her dad down the aisle. That's, to me, that's a bride. And and that's, that's how I see the bride of Christ with such a passionate devotion to Jesus that we're not going to let anything shut us down, quiet us down, sidetrack us, distract us. We're going to go after him with all we have. And then the other thing that strikes me in Revelation is there's a harvest coming that no one can number. Even with computers. Even Google would be out-Googled on that one. So there is an amazing harvest that's coming as the Lord is drawing people to himself. But he's doing it. He's doing it as a father wrapping up a baby and drawing people to himself. In fact, the word that Michelle shared with us earlier, that still small voice, closeness. It's a a, a messianic rabbi friend of mine. I said to him one day, what does still small voice mean in Hebrew? 
And he said, oh, glad you asked. He said, you know, the phrase still small voice means what a mom or dad do when their child is having a nightmare. And they walk into the room and they go, shh, it's okay. I'm here. Everybody you and I meet has an undeniable encounter with, with the Father going on in their life. And we're, we're timely born. I believe we could, we could be part of that generation that sees that harvest come in. You know? I don't say, well, Dave, do you do, what, what if Jesus comes back again? I believe we are to be caught up in the Great Commission, not the Great Escape. And so it's time for us to really focus on what, what are we here for? Because if the only reason we're to get, get saved is to go to heaven, we might as well just baptize people, hold them under. But there's, there's purpose. And so here's the word I want to share with you today. I'm, I'm going to be sharing from Romans 5. Uh, and that's, that's it, it's, 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 a, it's a, a word I believe the Lord gave me for this house. There are fresh springs of healing opening up in this house. There are spre- fresh springs of healing for the ultimate spiritual healing for people to get saved. And then for people to be emotionally and mentally healed. And actually a reordering of DNA. I have an autistic grandson. We're seeing healing coming into his life. We're believing for healing for all of the, the young men and women that have been sidelined by autism and attacks on the brain. And healing of bodies and cancers. We have two folks in our church that had stage 4 cancer. Notice I said had. Jesus has healed them and reversed the curse and brought healing and restoration to them. So I believe we're in days where we're going to see healing, body, soul, and spirit. I feel like the Lord is opening up fresh springs of healing in this house. There there are old wells that have been pouring out healing in and through this house for years, but there are fresh springs that he's opening up. So here's Romans 5. Paul, in uh, I'm going to read from verse 12, but in verse... um, 6 to um, 11, he said, "You, when we were powerless, when we were ungodly, when we were sinners, when we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. It wasn't because we were so cute and fluffy and fuzzy and adorable that it's, we, were, we opposed him, yet he died for us to restore us. That's an amazing mercy that I never get over. Every time I take communion, I want to be undone by the revelation of the price that was paid. Then in verse 12, Paul writes this. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, meaning Adam, and death through sin, in this way death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there's no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. 
Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, speaking of Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life now, not just later, now, through the one man, Jesus Christ? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's ponder that a little bit. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death. Death means separation. And Adam's sin brought separation from this amazing place we had in the Lord. And uh, sin, there's a, there's a word, a phrase that, that became popular about the last decade or so, to diss someone. It means to disrespect them or to reject them. Sin disses God. But ultimately, sin disses sinners. Disses us. Sin not only dissed God. I know we call what Adam and Eve did the fall. But it was really more of the revolt. It was the rebellion. It was, it was reaching out and, and dissing God. But sin dissed us because as a result of their sin... There, there was a disconnect. And there was disorder and dis-ease. We got diseased. Not just in our bodies, but in our spirits, in our souls, our emotions, and in our relationships. And, and death reigned from the time of Adam to Moses. And I want to talk about Moses in a moment because things started to shift with Moses. But even before that time... God began to make covenants that, that broke the curse of sin and broke the curse, began to break and crack the, 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 the weight of sin and, and the results of sin. First of all, right after Adam and Eve sinned, God made a covenant with Adam and Eve. And a covenant is made through bloodshed. And as we know, they, the, the Lord covered them with animal skins and they weren't zip out linings these were these animals gave their lives for for them to be covered blood was shed covenant means to shed blood it's very serious it means to shed blood and make promises and bind two together so god made a covenant with adam and in in the covenant he made with adam he made this promise a seed is coming through a woman and that seed is going to crush the serpent's head it's going to take take and conquer his authority and take his authority away. That was the promise made. It's in uh, Genesis 3.15. The, the seed is coming to crush the serpent's head. There are these shadows of Jesus throughout the old covenant that I love. And then, and then God made a covenant with Noah. And uh, when Noah and his family stepped out of the ark, they made, they made covenant with God in that place and time. And as they made covenant with God, we're told that a bow, we've called it a rainbow, it literally is the word bow, a bow appeared in the sky. Well, well, the, the, the bow is used, the phrase a bow bent uh, in judgment is used several times in the Old Testament. And it's when God would judge his people for their sin, he would bend the bow 
and cause the judgment to come upon those who sin. But when Noah and his family stood there that day, fresh out of the ark, they saw a bow, but it wasn't bent toward the earth. It was bent toward heaven. And God was saying, I give you this promise. The next time I judge the whole world's sin, I'm going to take the punishment upon myself. I'm going to bend the bow toward myself. And once and for all, I will break the curse that sin brought. And that was a shadow of Jesus even there in the days of the ark and the animals, God said, I'm, I'm going to come and I'm going to break the curse. And then uh, God, uh, God made a covenant with Abraham. And in the covenant he made with Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, he said, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Even then was this this promise of God that I'm going to touch every life and every family on the earth through the covenant I'm making with you. Now, these were wonderful covenants, but they they pointed a way to a better covenant that was coming, and then God made a covenant with Moses. And Romans says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. Something started to change with the covenant God made with Moses. And God made the covenant with Moses and the children of Israel through a, a Passover lamb. And as the blood of that lamb was was shed and put on the doorposts, put on the doorposts, the sign of the of the crucifixion, the cross of Jesus, was even there as they put the blood on the doorposts. And and what would happen? Death, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death would pass over you. I'm going to begin to reverse the curse, and death will, death will pass over you. And and then here here are some of the promises God made in that covenant with Moses. Exodus fifteen twenty six, I am the Lord your health, not just the Lord who heals you. I'm the Lord your health. I'll be your health. Think about it. Three million Jews who were slaves in Egypt, mistreated, abused, malnourished, were told in Psalm 105.37 that when they left Egypt, there was not one feeble one among them. The Lord was their health. He was their healing. He restored what years of abuse and slavery and bondage had taken away. He's a restorer. And, and, uh, and then, uh, Exodus twenty three twenty five, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he'll bless your bread and your water, and I will remove sickness from among you. There's a promise made even then of healing. And uh, Deuteronomy 28, um, the, the Lord said, if you walk in the covenant obedience, you walk in covenant obedience, your lives will be blessed. There will be provision and power in every area of your life. You, you obey me, you walk with me, and, uh, and I'll bring my blessing upon you. In, in, in fact, I think we've interpreted words like the law and commands to mean rules and regulations, but actually the word law means a description of God's world, how how life is in his world. Like in our world, we would explain things in our world like uh, well, the law of gravity is part of our experience in this world. When God gives his law, he says, this is what life's like in my world. And the word command means to join hands and walk together with. 
So the law and the commands of God are not simply rules and regulations. It's, it's him saying, hey, come on, join me in my world. Let's walk together. And I want you to walk. I want my health to be in you. I want what I experience in life to be in you. And he used the word blessed. And, and the word blessed in the Old Testament and in the New Testament means uh, uh, how God lives life. And in the New Testament time, it was viewed as such a sacred word, no one ever applied that word to people until Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He took this word that mean, means how God lives life, and he took it out of that place and says, guess what? I want you to share in my life. Because I didn't just come to give you an afterlife. I came to give you abundant life. I came, I came to, for you to enjoy abundant life right here and right now. So even, even then, God was saying, you walk with me, you walk in my ways, and I will tell you, my life is going to erupt in your life because I created you to live life how I, the same way I live life. Deuteronomy 33, 30 verse 3 says this, your God will restore everything you lost. But God gave them three very, very uh, clear instructions as they would walk in this covenant, the covenant of Moses, said they, as they'd walk in this covenant with him. Three things he said. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Health and healing come as we worship the Lord with our whole being. We were made to, have, we were made to live in his presence and our whole being just come alive in him. And uh, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, David said. There's, there's just something. I mean, let's take the flip side. You, you start to complain. You start to get critical. You start to get negative. And I don't know about you, but my insides are going, I don't know what's going on up there. But uh, we don't like the stuff you're pumping down here into, into this system right now. There's, there's something about living in worship and adoration and looking at life from God's perspective and knowing that no matter what's going on around us, it doesn't have to affect what's going on in us. And no matter how somebody else is treating you or me, it doesn't have to change the fact that I'm a daughter of the Lord, I'm a, I'm a son of the Lord, and, 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 and that's not going to shift anything here. Because I'm not a thermometer, I'm a thermostat. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I can change the climate around me because of what's going on inside of me. The second thing he said is love your neighbor. Which means when we avoid living in offense and unforgiveness and envy and hatred, it brings health to us. It's all for our good. And then he said this thing, love your neighbor as you love yourself which has implied in it, love yourself. Take care of yourself. And God cares about how we take care of ourselves. And actually, I'll tell you what, it's time to stop abusing our bodies and our minds and our emotions, um, thinking somehow it's humility or carrying our cross. See, carrying our cross is denying our selfishness, but it's not abusing ourselves. In fact, God so cared about them. I, I, I don't know about you, but the book of Leviticus is not like one of my top ten books in the Bible. I just, you know, I mean, I, it's a book in the Bible, and I believe God inspired it, and it's great. But, uh, you know, but if you take a look at Le Leviticus, God instructed his people to take care of themselves. 
In fact, one of the things he said in the book of Leviticus, you can't really say that one. Leviticus is a hard one to say. It's kind of like Worcestershire sauce. It's really hard to say several times fast. But anyway, the book of that one, uh, the Lord said, um, wash your hands. Told his people, wash your hands. You know, it took the medical community centuries to discover Maybe we shouldn't be having our hands in a dead body and then work on somebody alive and, and you know, maybe we should wash our hands in between there. It took centuries for doctors to discover we should wash our hands. And God said it all along in his Bible. You know, and, and, and he said, you know, don't eat junk food. Now, Doritos and Oreos are not mentioned in the original language of the Old Testament, but um, God said stuff like don't eat owls. You know, and I, actually, first time I read that, I thought, well, I, I've never been tempted to, you know, just have a hankering for a hoot owl right now. You know, some dipping sauce. So, but God was saying to his people, don't eat scavengers and watch what you put into your body and take care of yourself. And he cares about that. And, he, and so, and literally, we love other people the way we love ourselves. So, that's another time, another message, but I just throw that out. See, now think about this. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. With the covenant of Moses, God began to shift things. He began to reverse the curse, but it, his covenant still pointed to, to the need for somebody to break the curse. We'll reverse the curse. The law was good, but, but it's, it's, somebody's going to come along who's going to break the curse. And I actually believe, you know, I, I see so many shadows of Jesus in the Old Testament. I saw one not too long ago that I thought was powerful. Joshua, who Moses turned over the leadership to Joshua. Joshua's name in Hebrew, Yeshua, is, is the Hebrew name for Jesus. Now think about this. When Joshua was leading the people into the promised land, the Jordan River was at flood stage. This raging river was at the highest place saying, you're not going to get in here. You can't get in here. You're not going to come into your promise. And when they placed their feet in the raging Jordan River, we're told that the water rolled back. It was not like the Red Sea parted, but the, the Jordan River at flood stage rolled back. Now, there are certain details that don't get mentioned in the Bible. Sometimes entire decades or centuries are jumped over in two verses. But then there are other times that little details are mentioned. And, and, and I feel like when there are certain details mentioned, there's a reason why that's there. And we're told that when Joshua and they put their foot in the Jordan River, it rolled all the way back to the little town of Adam. So Jesus, our Yeshua, taking us into the promised land, rolled the curse back all the way to Adam and broke it off of us. That's what he came to do. And so uh, Jesus, the Messiah, the word Messiah means expected king who will deliver and restore everything. The expected king who will deliver and restore everything. And Isaiah the prophet said, he's coming. Here's what he said. Don't fear, your God will come. He'll come to save you. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, and the mute tongue will shout for joy. Isaiah 35, 3 to 6. In the Talmud, which is a, a document written by the Pharisees 500 years before Jesus came, Here's a quote from the Talmud. It's from the book of Sanhedrin. Chapter 98, verse A. 
if you want to look it up later on for some light reading. But it's really powerful when you hear this. This was written 500 years before Jesus. When the Messiah comes, he will sit among the poor and the suffering sick. He will be a wounded healer, one who will carry first carry our sicknesses in order to bring us ultimate healing. 500 years before Jesus came, they were tapping into that revelation that the Messiah's come, coming. He's going to be a wounded healer. Do you know, I, 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 I came across our, some of our friends work in Asia in Buddhist uh, territories, and they came across the writings of Buddha, who lived years before Jesus. And Buddha made this statement, when I die, don't worship me, because I am not God. But the Son of God is coming, and you will know him by this. He will have a crown of thorns on his head. They will pierce his hands and feet, and he will known by the, be known by the scar in his side, and he will pour forth salvation and healing upon every heart who receives him. And our friends are now using his writings to reach people in, in the Buddhist communities to say, hey, you know what? Buddha was right. He was a prophet. And he was pointing to one beyond himself who would come. He was pointing to Jesus. So here's what Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. He will fully experience all that we experience. Isaiah 53.3, he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and fully acquainted with grief. There is no human grief that anyone feels that Jesus himself has not gone through. In fact, even though sexually abused, Jesus hung naked on the cross and was, was abused by those who crucified him. Why? So that no matter what curse sin brought onto the planet, I am bringing healing to it. We have seen Jesus roll back Roll, talk about the river rolling back all the way to Adam. We have seen Jesus roll back not only physical infirmities, but afflictions that have come upon souls, upon hearts, upon lives. He's rolled those things back. When, when I was a, a young pastor, um, there was a young woman who came to our church, and she had been raised in a gang in New York City. And uh, she had been repeatedly... Uh, 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 raped and abused, and then became a prostitute to earn money for that gang. She was not aware of who was literally her father in the gang because her mother had been, been used by the different men in the gang. And, and so uh, she came to Jesus, and she had the hardest time believing that she could be forgiven and that she could be healed. She happened to fall in love with a young man in our church who was a virgin, and who was saving himself for when he would, when he would give, he said, I'm saving myself for, for my wife on my wedding night. And she felt so unworthy of this, this young man's uh, uh, life. And so she just felt filthy. And we spent time ministering to her and, and sharing with her. And she said, I just feel so unclean. I feel, she kept using that word, I feel so unclean. I feel so, so worthless, so shamed. And uh, the day came for the wedding. And I went into the room with the, the groom and the best man. I always do that first to make sure the guy's not crawling out the window. You know, he's going to go through with this. And then, and then uh, they, they said, you, you must go and, and see the bride. And, and I always like to pray with both bride and groom before the wedding. And, 
I went back to the bride room and, and they said, she's inside, she's all, all ready and all dressed. And I walked into the room. It's one of our nurseries that we use for wedding prep. And I walked into the room and there she was standing in a white gown. And she turned around and, and she said, I've just ruined my whole makeup. You know, she paid a lot, I guess, for makeup that day. And, and most of that was just running down her face. And she's, she just stood there and, she, and, and I'll never forget the phrase she said. She turned to me and she said, Dave, I'm clean. She knew it. The revelation came. What Jesus had done became reality in her life. And all the shame and all, the, all, the, all that went with it, Jesus rolled that off. Didn't change her history, just changed her perspective of her history and rolled those things off. Only Jesus can do those kind of things. Only Jesus can do those things. My uh, nephew and his wife adopted three of three girls who um, they were told by the caseworker they were the most abused girls they'd ever dealt with in that in that um, in that uh, ministry. And they said, uh, these girls most likely will never really be able to have a relationship with a man. And you've got to tell people in your family, especially the men, just kind of stay back and, you know, let them. Let them connect at their at their pace, and so we respected that. But I have watched these three girls. I've watched these three girls heal. I watched them be healed by Jesus in the depths of their soul. I've watched them healed, and now when we see them, they they outdo one another to run and hug us and hold us and and uh, you know and 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 only Jesus could do that. Only Jesus could go into the depths of the pain, the sorrow, and and roll it off. In fact, here's what Isaiah said Jesus will do. Isaiah 53, surely he took up our infirmities. That's our physical disease, our physical sickness. He carried our sorrows. Those are th- that's grief or depression. He carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. Those are the actual sins that we committed. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's why we sin. That's the root cause of sin selfishness, rebellion. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. He took our punishment, gave us his peace. This, what, a, what a savior. He, he took our punishment, gave us his peace, and that word for peace it means joy or well-being or to be fully connected. Actually, the word for peace was a medical term when a bone was broken and it was set and it fused back together they used the word that bone just came to peace. And they say that the bond that was formed where there was a break is stronger than that bone was before it was broken. He came, the Prince of Peace, came to restore us to something even more binding than the relationship Adam and Eve enjoyed with him in the garden. Because there he walked through the garden in the cool of the day. Here he lives inside, lives inside, he lives inside us. Just phenomenal. And then, by his wounds were healed. Rapha means complete healing in every area of your life. See what I love about Jesus? He's the word of God who became flesh. Every promise God had ever made was fulfilled in him. And so here's the word I have for you. Luke 5, 17. It says about Jesus, the power of God was present in him to heal. And I declare that over you as a house. The power of God 
is present among you to not only heal you, but to bring healing to others around you. And there's a reason why I believe I saw springs of living water, because springs and water flows. And healing is not only going to happen in these meetings. This will be like your huddle and your overflow and your afterflow gathering as a family. Ezekiel had a, a vision that the house of God began to fill up with living water and then poured out from the, from the house. <laughs> when, when, my, when my granddaughter Abigail gave her heart to Jesus, her mom and dad were praying with her, and then they said, Abby, Jesus lives in your heart. Ask him. He'll talk to you. See what he has to say. And so she said, okay. She went back in her room. She came running out of her room, and she's, they said, what did Jesus say to you? He's in here, but he wants out. <laughs> he, he wants to get out. He wants to flow. Now, Ezekiel saw this river, and it flowed over the threshold of the house. And the further it went, the deeper it got. And everything lived wherever that river flowed. And there was, there was, their life came wherever that river flowed. He's, uh, he's fixing to get you to flow. And to flow through you a lot more than you ever thought before. And you're going to get surprised. What, what we call miracles, God calls normals. And get ready for a lot of normals happening all, all around where you are. Get, in fact, I'll tell you this. Get ready for some of these things. Get ready for some of these things. One, one of the women in our church the other day, she, she reached out to the, che- the che- uh, cashier at the, at the checkout in the grocery store. She reached out. When her hand touched the cashier's hand, the, the cashier said, wow. She said, what? She said, I don't know what just happened, but something just happened. And, and, the, and the woman in our church said, well, I believe when, when our hands met, I think Jesus has given you something. She said, I need something. So they ended up holding hands there at the, you know, at, at the, just get ready. My wife and I were traveling one day to meet some friends at a restaurant, and she got a, a name of a, of, a, of a waiter, a name of somebody, and, and, and she had a word for, she, the Lord gave her a word for this waiter. Well, you remember that? And, and so we, we walk in this restaurant and hear the, the guy comes up, he's got a tag on and his name, and that's the name. And she's pointing, and next thing you know, I, I forget all the details of what happened, but she, she ended up sharing the word with him. He ended up sitting down at the table. He starts crying, and she began to pray for him. The manager comes by, is everything okay, you know? So, so we got, got one of his waiters bawling in the, in, the, in the booth, you know? But just get ready. You, you have only begun to see a little bit over the threshold. You've only begun to see the kind of outpouring that's coming your way. Anticipate revelation upon revelation. Anticipate break-ins and, and anticipate prophetic dreams. If, if you've had nightmares, the Lord's going to not only heal you so that stops, but so that prophetic dreams start. If there's been confusion and depression, get ready for an outpouring of joy, not just for you, but to give it away. So let the water rise, let the river rise. Yeah, baby, do you want to, my, my, my Sherry had, had, do you want to come on up here, baby? Are you okay? I'll give it back to you. 
I just feel like God's going to give each of us today, every one of us, a special gift to be able to see from heaven's perspective. I got this crazy prophetic picture this morning of all of us, not just a few of us, but all of us. And we were sitting in this like theater or something, and they were issuing us those 3D glasses. You know, have you ever been in a movie where you needed them? And have you ever cheated? Like you looked down like, I'm looking what it really looks like and what it looks like when the glasses are on. But I felt like God's saying he's giving all of us special glasses to be able to see deeper into the spirit realm, deeper into a new dimension than we've ever seen before. Yeah, that's what it kind of really looks like. But no, in the spirit, this is what it looks like. And God's empowering us to see from his perspective, to go higher, to go deeper, to call things that are not as though they are, to speak life, to speak faith. He's giving each one of us in this room, that gift. And yeah, we know healing's part of the package, but yeah, but we haven't seen it for a while. No, get the glasses on. Yeah, that person's been depressed for so long and their whole family is depressed. They always are depressed, depressed, depressed. No, no, that it stops now. The cycle can break. You don't have to do what your parents and the grandparents and they did. And yes, well, we're all addictive kind of thing. We're all that way. And no, it stops now. God is giving us each a vision to see and then there's that river flowing through us as we, as we move. And so, God, I just thank you for the gift that each one of us is receiving right now to see from your perspective, to see deeper in spiritually than we've ever saw before. Lord, when we put on those glasses, there's no turning back. Once you see, once you taste, you'll never be the same again. Never. God, make us different. Show us what we can't see right now. Your world is more real than the world we can see right now. Give us your eyes to see people, to see life, to see situations around us and see it the way you see it. We love you like crazy in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need healing today, I'm going to ask you, invite you to stand to your feet, and we're going to become one big ministry team to one another, okay? So if you need healing in your body, in your soul, your emotions, He can restore all things. He can restore all things. My cancer doctor wrote on the last page of my, my, uh, my medical files, Chemotherapy deterred the spread of cancer in this man's body, but God brought the healing. <laughs> we recently heard a medical doctor say, there is no disease known to man that God can't heal. A medical doctor, they're saying it. Well, most of us are standing in the room, so I'll tell you what, let's do this. Uh, I, the book of Job, any of you really huge fans of the book of Job? Okay, you do like the book of Job. Wonderful, wonderful. Bless you. It's your favorite book. Bless you. Bless you. It's not one of mine, but, uh, but I will quote from the book of Job because one of my favorite quotes in the book of Job is, Job was healed when he prayed for his friends. And there's something happens when we're just praying for other people. So, reach out. Most of y'all are standing, so how about we all just stand? Reach out to somebody near you, put your hand on them, 
and let's just declare. In fact, I, I believe I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to coach you a little bit. Um, there are times we ask, there are times we say. And, and, and I want to encourage you to just declare the healing life of Jesus is flowing through our bodies, our souls, our spirits. In Jesus' name, just declare that. Yes, Jesus. It's your healing life today. Let every thief that's come into this temple to rob them of physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, thieves go in Jesus' name. Leave this temple in Jesus' name. Let your healing life and strength come. New strength to immune systems. Thank you. The drying up of growths and tumors in Jesus' name. Ears opening, joints moving. Thank you. Digestive tract functioning in health and wholeness in Jesus' name. Confusion going and nightmares going and night terrors going in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, eyes being restored, sinuses being restored in Jesus' name. Thank you. Kidneys, livers in Jesus' name. Hearts, 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 hearts restored. New life to hearts in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lungs being restored. Damage to lungs. Things that were, some of you were told things are irreparable. Lord, go to those places and restore them. You're the God who restores all things. Restores all things. There are several broken hearts here. You've been carrying prodigals. Draw those prodigals. Wrap them up like babies and draw them back to yourself, Father. In Jesus' name, I see prodigal sons and daughters running back home. Get standing up in the far country and saying, I need to get back to my father's house. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Whew, we declare fresh clarity on thoughts in Jesus' name and a new outpouring of wisdom and discernment in Jesus' name and just new strength. And if you, I, somebody said this morning, I just feel so weak, Lord, that a new strength to them. A new vitality to them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you. We thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's do one more thing. Let the river flow through us. We're laying hands on, we're laying hands on rivers today. Jesus said out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water as you come to me and drink. So Lord, let, let, let the rivers in this house the healing springs, the healing rivers be fully released. Wow. You will be known as the house that heals. You'll be known as a house where it's safe. You'll be known as a place where it's safe, a safe place, but you'll be known as the house that heals. And I'll tell you, communion will become the meal that heals in this house. It's going to become the meal that heals. Shoo. And I see baptism becoming a, a fresh anointing on the water, fresh fire on the water. You're going to see a lot of transition and miracles happen as, as you surrender to baptism, whether it's right after you got saved or as a believer making a fresh uh, surrender, fresh repentance, fresh change. Constant change in the words of Gilbert. Constant change is here to stay. There's, there's, because you're going to grow. You're going on from faith to more faith. From glory to more glory. Shoo. The path is getting brighter and brighter until the full day in Jesus' name. 
shoo, shoo, shoo. I see every sail that ever sagged in your life or in this house being full of, full of the breeze of the Holy Spirit once again. Set sail, full sail. Set sail, full sail into all the, all the Father has in store for you. And I, I bless you today in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A healing house. A healing house. A restoring house. In Jesus' name. You're going to see those cases that they threw out as never, never, nothing will ever change. You're going to see those cases just be, be changed and healed and restored in Jesus' name. There are those that have been in dungeons in the darkest places of despair that are going to be set free. Along with those who are in prison because of their own doing. But those who were taken captive and, and they're going to be set free and rescued in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Sunday sermon. Subscribe to our podcast for new messages weekly. Visit ChristianRenewalHHI.org for more resources. We hope you have a blessed week.